My name is Rafael Estrada. Um, I'm a video game developer that goes by Super 8-Bit Rafa. Alright, I'm going to throw a little pause to this one because originally this was not supposed to be a podcast. This was supposed to be a Masa Minute where I just record him talking about he loves video games and put some pictures and videos and post it up on the Instagram. But he kept on talking and I said, you know what, keep on going and it fell into a very interesting, you know, uh, conversation. So I pieced it together and, you know, just going to make this like a ghetto NPR version, I guess. So listen up and enjoy. Okay, so I um, had a goal to learn uh, how to develop and prototype games quickly last year of creating approximately one video game, one video game prototype every week. Um, originally when I started... Um, it, it, it was difficult to just get past my first one. So the first one took two or three weeks, maybe four weeks. Um, eventually, I started reaching my goal of creating one every week. And by the time uh, I got to October, when people were doing Inktober and creating a new drawing every day, I figured I'd challenge myself and, I, and do a new prototype every day. So by the time I got to October, I was creating a new video game every single day. Yeah, well, I started, I started, um, playing video games from a very young age. I mean, we had a, an Atari in our house, and that was like, to me, that was, uh, that was my first experience with video games, and, um, arcades were still sort of a thing, so I would go to our, the arcades, and I loved playing a Street Fighter, and I, I'll never forget the day that I went into an arcade and I saw, uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter. Is like this crazy. I didn't think it was real. I thought it was like some sort of hacked version of an arcade because it was. It felt like something that shouldn't exist, you know, X Men and Street Fighter. But then it felt so right when you play that game. Like the X Men, like mix in so well with the genre. Um, that was sort of like my moment. Like uh, you know how people talk about love at first sight. It was sort of like that. You know, I've never. I don't think I've ever had love at first sight you know but that's the closest i think i'll ever come yeah i i saw that arcade machine i was i mean obviously anyone who grew up in the 90s with that 90s x-men cartoon you know everybody you know you you love that cartoon that's a part of you like for me that's a part of me um and i I would go to the store and i'd buy the x-men comics and then i had street fighter at home on the sega genesis which was the best way to play because it had the six buttons on there and and, uh, street fighter is a six button game so you gotta have that um, I was never good at it. My older brothers are like seven, eight, ten years apart from me. Um, so I'm like a six, seven year old kid. I'm trying to compete against these guys. They're already teenagers. They're busting out combos and things. Um, but they would always give me a chance. They'd humor me. Um, so I have, a, I have a, like a, a big place in my heart for fighting games. Um, the first games that I tried to make when I was a little kid were fighting games. There was this like hacked version of a fighting game that I downloaded onto my computer and I noticed that before the game would start up all these words would come out on the screen it was black on white it was like DOS um so I I didn't know at the time but this was the code of the game so I played it so many times that I started to realize that I could recognize some words inside this gibberish this mishmash of code and I thought well what if I go in there and change a few words so sure enough I saw I found the words on the main menu 
and I changed it from the title of the game to say Rafa. And when I started up the game, yeah, it would say Rafa now it would, in the main menu. And so that was kind of my first sort of my first sort of journey into creating games, my first sort of idea of how typing things into the computer can result into a video game, into an interactive something. Um, from there, I just wanted to learn everything about how video games were made. Um, I didn't have an idea of even how cartoons were made. I would watch cartoons, and there, I mean, you look at it now, they're so obviously drawings that are like a sequential drawing, but I didn't know that. So when my older brothers asked me, hey, do you know how, how cartoons are made? I started thinking, well, how are they made? Is Are they puppets? Are they, well, how do they do this? Is this... I didn't understand, and once once I got my first computer, maybe at the age of like 12 or something like this, um, uh, I gained access to the internet, and I, I started answering these questions on my own. Um, video games were like always the thing that I was most interested in, though, so I downloaded RPG Maker, Fighter Maker, and these things, they weren't, they weren't translated to English yet. There were Japanese versions of this, so... Uh, the bootleg Japanese versions. So I was literally just coding in the dark. I was just trying to plug things in and seeing what would work, copying and pasting existing code and seeing what would happen. And um, I discovered an online community really early on as a kid. And, um, well, some of my games started to become popular, not because they were programmed really well, but because of the way that they looked. I always had an affinity for drawing, and for a lot of people who know me, they know me as the artist or the painter, and yeah, so it just went on like that. I I, I sort of, for some reason, when I got into middle school or high school, I got this idea that video games are like for kids, right? It's a kid's thing, so I, I sort of forgot about it. It was still in the back of my mind always. I always got the latest PlayStation or the latest uh, whatever console was coming out and um um and i i completely i completely went into drawing and painting full time because in school people wanted me to draw things for them especially in i remember in middle school you know a bunch of horny little boys are like oh draw me growing a bikini or whatever <laughs> and so that was quick money for me and as soon as i got those first few bucks i'm like well this is it this is what i'm doing you know i'm I, I sort of let people put that on me. You're the artist now, and I, I sort of let people label me in that way. But um, after I got out of high school, I quickly got a job teaching illustration, doing mural work, um, putting putting uh, galleries, uh, putting putting up uh, shows, curating shows, and I really got involved in the art community. But I, I. I felt really unfulfilled. I felt very limited with illustration and painting. I, I really wanted to tell a story. And um, if you look at a lot of my earlier paintings, you'll see that there's many images in a single painting uh, because I was trying to force a story into one image. Um, uh, the epitome of that was when I when I started to do caricature work. Um, for a while, I was in uh, Monterey and the Wharf and on Cannery Road doing caricatures. Uh, it was really quick money. 
Um, I didn't want to. I thought my probable. All right. So a little pause here, just to let you know that we were recording this in a bookstore in downtown Salinas. Unfortunately, a customer came in, started talking, and as quiet as it was, uh, once somebody starts talking, you can really hear everything. So apologies if you can hear the guy in the background, but still, let's continue. I, I thought my problem was dealing with the whole art community in general, so I wanted to distance myself, and I started doing caricatures. There was... For me, it was like um, like the most direct thing. I draw, I do the drawing, and I get the money. So there was nothing in between, but there was also nowhere to move forward. I couldn't. I, you can't move up as a caricature artist. There's no head caricature artist. There's no top. It's just caricature artist, and that's it. And that's when I realized I don't feel happy doing this. I was making money. And I was living comfortably. I was living in Monterey, but I, I, I then that's when I realized, you know, video games are still blowing up. This isn't just a kid's thing. This isn't just something that's gonna go away. And I, it sort of clicked for the first time. I could probably make money from video games, which I had never occurred to me before for some reason um, until I saw like Indie Game the movie. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, Indie Game, the movie, is this documentary where they follow this guy from Santa Cruz who makes an indie game um, called Super Meat Boy. It's like an infamous indie game now. And it was super inspiring to me. I, I thought, I could do that, you know. Um, so, as you can hear, the customer was still chatting away. And we took a little pause. And I had to improvise. I had this big pink fluffy thing I wrapped around this. The microphone and it was kind of funny it looked like he was talking a big old uh, cotton candy but uh, we kind of got sidetracked so we just started uh, back on talking about his game um, yeah so the first game that I worked on was something uh, that was called uh, Jacob's allegory it was supposed to be like this really huge game um, with a really deep story, I wrote a script for it. I did a script for it. I, 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 I did all this elaborate art for it. I, I, I really wanted to create this huge game. I really wanted to go all out with my very first game. So I worked on that for like two years, maybe even more. And I realized that I was getting nowhere. The game wasn't really coming about the way that I wanted. It was clunky. It looked great. Like, I could show people the game, but as long as they wouldn't play it, I, it was it was fine. Um, so that's when I realized, okay, well, I have to apply some of my art philosophy into my video games. How did I learn to draw? How, how was it that I came to the point where I knew how to paint something just by instinct? And... The first thing I realized was, well, I got to get a sketchbook, right? In order to draw, someone who's learning how to draw has their sketchbook with them at all times. So I started carrying my laptop with me at all times. But that still wasn't enough. Um, I, I, what was, I asked myself, what is the video game equivalent of a sketch? And that's a prototype. Uh, I come to realize now that that's 
prototyping. Prototyping is the equivalent to sketching. That's what sketching is to painting, prototyping is to video games. Um, so I, I still remember the day I was talking to one of my girlfriend's friends. We were at the beach and she asked me, well, what are you doing? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? The New Year was coming up and I just blurted out, yeah, I think I'm going to make 50 games next year. And then she was like, wow, that's interesting. Why 50? I'm like, one a week, every week. And she was like, why? And I hadn't really thought about it. I was I was literally thinking out loud to her. Um, and my girlfriend was hearing this for the first time, too. Her little sister was there. Everybody was just, like, staring at me, like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But now I realized that that was the best thing I could have done because um, I, you do have to learn... Um, any any skill that you learn, you have to learn the basics first. You have to have a strong foundation of the basics. I, I'm sure it's the same thing with music. Um, I know it's like that with acting. I did a little bit of acting before, and I realize now that it's the same process for anything that you're going to learn. If someone were to commission me to draw a picture of a dove, my first step would be to... I wouldn't just immediately start painting it. No, I'll go outside. I'll look at some doves. I'll get some books about some doves. I'll do research about doves. Look at videos. How do they flap their wings? What is the shape of their wings? How do they move? Then I'll start sketching, right? I'll do some rough sketches really quick, work out the shapes of them, uh, the composition of how do I want this to work out. Then I draw it on canvas. First I draw it on canvas. And then you do the flat colors. And then you add highlights, shadows. You do the finishing touches. That's the process. It's the same thing with acting. If you're gonna, if they're gonna ask me to go play Albert Einstein, I gotta first research Einstein. Who is this guy? How did he talk? How did he walk? Who was this guy about? Even if I'm not doing a realistic portrayal, I have to know about him. Then you do your rehearsal. That's like your sketch, right? And then you start putting things down. Okay, well, on this line, I'm gonna walk this way. I'm gonna say this line a certain way. And then you do your final version in front of an audience it had to be the same process with video games and it definitely is if I'm going to do a video game that's an action game I gotta go research action games you know I gotta go research action movies action stories how does an action story come about and then you do your prototyping yeah that that's that's pretty much that's pretty much how I got started I uh, I started um, I started with a with a, with an abstract idea with uh, something that I didn't really understand what it what it meant to to create a game. You know, I had I had these concepts of of playing a game, um, but it, it 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 is very different to play a game and to make a game. Um, so I think uh, if I were to give you advice on on actually starting to make a game, I, I would say don't make a game that you want to play. Um, you're not going to be playing your game. Uh, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people do is in their mind they go, oh, these are the games I like to play, um, so I want to make that. But then you're you're sort of setting an, an unreachable goal for yourself. And it might not be fun to make that game that you like to play. So you're the only person in the world whose job it is 
to make a game. So make that part of it fun. Make the game you want to make, not the game you want to play, I would say. Um, that's something I really had to had to learn and comes to term with. Um, uh, I, th I think my goal with creating video games in general it is to tell stories ultimately. Um, I thought that telling stories through video games was writing long-winded scripts and having characters constantly talking to each other and telling you the story, but that's that's not what a video game is. That's for video games like Minecraft or Super Mario, um, you know, even Fortnite. You might think those games don't have a story or a deep story. But those games have the deepest stories. The, the stories are created through the gameplay. Uh, the story is unique from player to player. And that's what makes video games different from other storytelling mediums. Is that a, a, a song you hit play on the stereo and you leave. And it continues to play without you. Um, you turn on a movie and the characters... Are telling their story pre-recorded but in a video game the story isn't complete until the player comes in you could be working on developing a video game programming a video game designing levels but it's not finished until you get it into the hands of players and then it changes because players will never do what you expect them they're always going to do something new something unique something different something you didn't expect and and that's that's why I say uh, there's still storytelling in Minecraft. There's a there's a story. Um, I have tons of story. When I I started p playing Minecraft, you know there was uh, you could type in a word and it would generate a world according to that world that word. Um, and so amongst my friends, we would share words that would make interesting worlds. One of them was I think Gilgamesh or something like that. You type in Gilgamesh. And you'd start off and the whole world was dark. And you'd, you'd look around and there was a little square of light in the distance, you'd notice. And then you realized you're underground and you got to dig your way out. And there's like water underground and there's all these things. And just to get out to the surface, it was like a completely different game. Um, and uh, I guess that's a little bit... I mean, that could be a metaphor for many things. I mean, I won't go there, but... Um, Super Mario is the same thing. Uh, there's a story, but it's implied. It's told through the environments, through the player's actions, through the enemies, through the interactivity. You know, it's never explicitly ever told to you, Hey, uh, you're saving the princess. You know, uh, King Koopa, he's... He's really pissed off at you, so he went and he got the... Never, it's never explained. You, you just infer it. You just, it's... Um, so, um, my goal, I think, with uh, video games is to eventually tell games that... Tell stories in games that are more grounded in reality. Uh, I would love to design a game that's just about a conversation. You know, I, w I would love to take an experience like today, like uh, 
talking to you, um, meeting you, and our little journey from the coffee shop to the bookshop, and uh, and having these little conversations in between. I would love to create that game where it's a two-player interactivity where where the game isn't about saving the world or saving the princess or shooting the bad guy or jumping over a gap. Life isn't like that. Uh, I could never dream of shooting anybody. Um, I hardly ever jump at all, you know. Uh, running? Oh, man, I haven't... I mean, I should probably run, but... You know, so I would love to get to that point. It's down to what, what, what a reflection of life, um, because th- those are my favorite stories. Uh, when I go to the movies, yeah, I enjoy watching, uh, you know, the Avengers flying around. It's cool. It's a spectacle, but I much more enjoy stories that are about real life. I mean, right now, um, I'm very excited to have my first game be published onto console. Um, it's going to be coming out really soon, um, hopefully by the end of the year, maybe early next year. It's going to be my first game. Now it's it's my first venture into actually getting access to a larger audience. Um, uh, what I want people to take away from the, from the games that they play is, uh, is, is, uh, is an experience that's going to stay with them. Um, uh, like I said, uh, right now we're surrounded by books, so... Uh, I think it's very appropriate because what I've always wanted to do is tell stories. Um, so I, what I what I always ask myself is, why do stories exist? Why have stories existed for so long? Um, and it's because it's necessary for survival. Um, it's 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 a form of, it's a higher form of communication. A story. Um, they just had the ending of Game of Thrones. I mean, whatever you thought about that, I thought it was kind of lame. But they did have a good line at the end where they said the story is more powerful than a person. Um, and I, I truly believe that. I, I mean, if, you, if you're a caveman out in the jungle back in the day and somebody, you've never seen a lion before. Someone has to describe to you a lion, right? They tell you the story about a lion and how it almost attacked them and then... In your mind, you're reliving that experience. And even though you didn't get attacked by that lion, it's as if for that moment you did. And you're learning the lesson that that person had to live through. You're learning it without having to go through it. So that's where I say it's it, stories exist for the sake of survival. Uh, they teach lessons. They teach you things. So uh, with my games, I hope that I could get to that point and teach people things and tell people stories that are valuable that they'll be able to go out and use in real life jumping shooting saving the princess saving the world i don't think i'll ever use that in my life ever so i have to learn how to disguise that um how to disguise these stories into these video games that that you're already familiar with um and hopefully i could do that um without giving too much away about um, what this game is going to be about, but um, I would say go into it with an open mind. Um, video games are not just for children; um, they are for people who want um, a more interactive story. They want to be on the cutting edge and they want to see what the future is like. Because 
this is how kids are going to be learning their lessons in the future. Uh, I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons, right? After school specials. And there was always a moral to it, right? Is like, don't steal, right? Be nice to your neighbor. Um, even though they were hidden in these like worlds filled with dinosaurs and action, right? That was the whole point. And that's why they stick with you for the rest of your life. Uh, the Bible stories are the same way, right? Um, so I'm trying to be that storyteller for this new generation um, through video games. Thank you for listening to Masa If you want to check out some of the games, go to S-U-P-E-R, the number 8, B-I-T-R-A-F-A dot I-T-C-H dot I-O. Whoo! Super 8 Big Rafa. Thank you so much. And also thank you to Selena's Bookstore. And don't forget to follow us at Masa for the Raza on Instagram. That's M-A-S-A, the number 4, T-H-E-R-A-Z-A. Thank you for listening. Masa. Masa.